Hey, what's up? My name is Dusty Otis. I am the lead pastor here at The Grove in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thank you so much for taking part of your day to be a part of this church, to engage in this message, and for supporting our ministry. It means more than you know. None of what we get to do happens without you. I pray that today's message speaks to your heart. I hope that it helps you move forward in your relationship with God, and I hope that you become just a little bit better in following Jesus because you took the time to listen today. Enjoy the message. Today is Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to all of you dads. I think this is my favorite holiday, um, and I kind of shunned that for a long time because I didn't feel like I was doing a good enough job, but then I realized who God is to me, and I thought, okay, I'm good enough, and I'm doing good enough. And so um, Father's Day is unique because I, it's, I'm forced to actually acknowledge that I'm a dad. And I think the other 364 days of the year, I don't feel like I'm a dad because I'm, I'm running, right? And we all run, and that's what we do. So today we're talking about four things that good fathers do. If you're taking notes, uh, we just decided to add the whiteboard this morning, so I don't even know if there's anything going to go on that. But four things good fathers do. And today as we celebrate Father's Day, there might be some of you who have dad issues, and I was one of those kids. And, and, and if you don't, maybe some of you have uh, dads who have issues with you, and if, if that's you... You know, I'm praying for you, okay? I'm praying for that for that, uh, for that relationship. But I want to let you know that good or bad, regardless of how you come in today, with the history and, and the background that you have from the, the upbringing that you had, God loves you. God sees you. He's your heavenly father. There's a big difference between earthly dads and heavenly dads, right? And so between the one who called you into existence and the one who brought you here, okay? There's a big difference between those two guys. And so the truth is our earthly fathers are temporary and they have limited perspective. I have limited perspective as a dad. But God, my heavenly father, has eternal perspective, and he's going to be around forever. And so then he sees everything, and he's not limited. So today, God loves you. He sees you. He's proud of you. And so afterwards, I know you guys see Big's Meat Wagon is out there. That's 100% on us. So I would just make sure that everybody gets through once, and then, and then finish it. You finish it. Okay. <laughs> All right, last few weeks, man, it's been a special, it's been a special time. The last six, six weeks, we've had 19 people make life-changing decisions to follow Jesus or rededicate their lives to following God. Yes, that's a big deal. We've given out 13 Bibles, which means people, we've, I've got cards that say I'm committing to read my Bible. That's a big deal because in 1965, that was pretty popular. But today, reading the Bible is not popular because it's the one thing that we can't change. So the people who are going, hey, I'm, I'm not just committing, I'm going to take this one and I'm going to read it. It's a big deal. And two people have got plugged into our serve team over the past few weeks. And so I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited to be here, and I'm excited to be back. And so it's going to be good. I hope you're ready. Note takers, four things good fathers do. I'm going to give you the first three, and then you're going to have to stick around for the last. They love? Now, I want to tell you this. this is, I don't do many topical messages, but here's, here's the biggest point that I want you to know is this. This is, just, this is not just a message for dads, because God on the backside of these is this for you as your heavenly father. So women, don't turn off. You can nudge your guys and be like, yeah, see, you suck at that too. Okay, you can do that. All right, that's okay. But just realize this is who God is to you too. And, I'm gonna, and I'll button every point up with that. And I'm going to show it to you in scripture where God loves you, where God leads you, and God believes in you. And again, we'll close with the fourth point. So before we do that, let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to come in with open hands. I ask you to open hearts today. Help us to leave better. Lord, we come here to get real and to get better. So help us to do that today. Help us to put off the things that hold us back, Lord. Help us to shift our mindsets today to receive. Lord, thank you for the seed that's going to be planted today in people's lives. Thank you that they take this and grow and move forward with you in it. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the first point, spoiler alert, a good father loves. 
A good father loves. The Bible tells us the greatest thing that we can do is to love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor as ourself. I preach that probably every weekend here, okay? So the best way that we can do that is to walk in love. Everybody say walk in love. love. It's 1 Peter 4, 8. Above everything, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sin or love covers everything. And most of the time when we can't get along with people is because we won't do this. Okay, it's love is the last thing we think of instead of the first. Okay, and a good father loves in three specific ways. He loves God with all of his heart. He loves his wife without reservation, and he loves his kids unconditionally. So here's how we lead love as men. And I'm telling you, stay with me because I'm going to show you how God leads you in love. One, love God with your whole heart, with your whole heart. This is with your words and your actions, right? Let your family see who you are, and let them see your relationship with God. Be an example to them. Show them what a relationship with God looks like, right? What do you mean, Dusty? You can get caught reading your Bible. There's one thing to be caught reading your Bible by your kids and one thing to be throwing it in their face, right? And so then we're going to be a good example by that. So we're going to teach them how to read, how to pray, how to worship, how to reflect, how to write, how to journal, how to, how to see what God's doing in our lives. We do that on a regular basis in our house. It's a big deal. The second thing is love your wife without reservation, Love your wife without reservation. You cannot do much more for your kids than this. I'll never forget when we first had Oscar. He was a few months old, and and my world blew up because all of a sudden, what we were doing was great, but then all of a sudden, I had this baby, and now I didn't feel responsible for her at all, and now all of a sudden, we have a kid. Now I feel responsible for her and the kid, and that's kind of coming into the position of leadership in your house, right? And so I meet with one of my pastor friends, and he's like, hey, if you'll be a good husband, if you'll be a good husband, you'll be a good dad. It's the biggest thing he could ever tell me. And I was like, what do you mean? The example that you set by loving your wife is the one your kids will follow. If you treat her with respect, if you honor her, and Heather's my rock. If she's my better half, she's 99% of me. You're the best. You're the best. And so, um, good grief. (sighs) So now you say, well, Dusty, I'm divorced. If you're divorced today, treat your child's mother with respect, even if it's not reciprocated, even if you're not getting it back. Because we're never going to pay back disgrace with disgrace. We're always going to walk in love. Remember that first point, right? And so the third thing we can do is love your kids unconditionally. Your kids need to know that you love them no matter what. Which means we don't hold grudges or take what they did yesterday and remind them again today or take what they did two weeks ago and say, remember I told you he's going to do it again. All we're encouraging them to do is negative. And so they have to know that we love them no matter what. No matter what. And the truth is this, a kid's behavior is often reflected by the the love their father has for them. And if a kid knows their dad loves them, they're really less likely to show off, act out, mess up, screw up any of the ups that we do, right? And it's because they know their father's love and they walk in that. And the fourth thing you can do in leading love, and the fourth thing a good father does in love is he's present. A good father is present. And we, you know, as dads, I used to check this box and call it quality time, but you can have all the quality time in the world, but if there's not quantity time, It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Everyone has the same 24 hours in the day, and you show what matters to you with what you do. Your actions speak louder than your words. So you can say, hey, I love you, but I'm going to miss your ball game, right? So make make your time count. Have some empathy and engage. Make your time count with God. Make your time count with your wife. Make your time count with your kids. With your kids. I'm not going to use this today. I just decided, okay? And so uh, here's the action step. The action step to this point is be present. Be present physically, mentally, and emotionally. 
because how a dad spends his time is, is how he shows what's important to him. All right, now, backside, here's how God loves you. Here's how your heavenly father loves you. If 1 Peter 4, 8 says that, that love covers everything, then what we understand is Jesus' blood covers you. That's that love. And so then, this is proven in John 3.16. You've heard this before. You see the sign at the NBA Finals games, John 3.16. It's amazing. And we, we see this scripture as human beings who say, for God so loved the world, by the way, front row. Look amazing. The full front row. First full front row that we've had ever. Come on, Jesus. And so, sorry. And so, um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And we say, well, the world, yeah, there's a lot of that. For God so loved you. The children's version of that scripture is God loved me so much he gave me Jesus. That's John 3.16 in the kids' Bible. God loved me so much he gave me Jesus. Jesus gave his life for me. His blood was shed. And so you see the son of God following through on the commitment that God gave us in John 3.16 when he took the beating of his life and carried a cross up a hill that he was going to hang on and died for you and me. Love covers everything. God sees you through the blood of his son if you call him savior. And so then... Because he did, you can be reestablished to your heavenly father, God the Father. And so then a father's love is self-sacrificing to cover all of that, all of these things God is to you. If you look, John 3, 16, and Jesus proved the four points I just gave you. A father's love is self-sacrificing. A father's love is without reservation. A father's love is unconditional. And a father's love is always there. I may be weak, but your spirit's strong in me. I may fail, but you're always there. God's love never leaves you. A good father loves. If you're with me, say amen. Yes. All right, second point, a good father leads. A good father leads. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 11, where there is no wise, intelligent guidance, the people fall and go off course like a ship without a helm. But in the abundance of wise and godly leadership, there is victory. There is victory. Leading as a father means correction, and it means discipline, and we tend to carry those pretty great as dads. But it also means serving. It also means coming along and being servant leaders to the ones God's called us to lead. And so if we want to see our kids win, we serve following the example that Jesus gave in Matthew chapter 20, verse 26 through 28. If you have a Bible, you're flipping there. I'm going to take a sip. Anyone wanting to be a leader among you must be your servant. Your kids learn by your example in this. We're really talking about being an example. It's really who we're called to be when we leave, the, when we leave this place, Okay. Anyone want to be a leader may, must be your servant. If you want to be right at the top, there's a book. Uh, it's called Let Me Off at the Top. It's Ron Burgundy wrote it. It's just a, it's a fictional book, but that's how most people want it. Let me off at the top, okay? If you want to be right at the top, you must serve like you're at the bottom. Your attitude must be like mine. This is Jesus. For I didn't come to be served, but to serve and give my life for a ransom or as a ransom for many. And so then how do we lead? How do we lead our house? The first thing we have to do is men. This is a rough one. This is probably the hardest point of the day. We have to grow up. We have to grow up, which means we can't be selfish anymore. My agenda doesn't matter anymore. My agenda is second. I'm now serving my house. I'm now serving my wife, and I'm now serving my kids. That doesn't mean that you are their servants. That means you are serving them, and you're showing them who to be as a father. And so I have to grow up. I have to grow up. Even Jesus grew up in wisdom and stature. So then you can't be selfish anymore. And you can't say, well, I want to do this. When we had a kid, I no longer, that's part of what rocked my world. It was like, well, I want to do this and this and this. I'm going to be at the gym, and I'm going to train, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to go to this competition, I'm going to go to Ohio. And it's like, wait a second, I can't, I can't do that anymore. 
because two have, two have become one, and now we have this other one. And so then I must serve, serve in that, because the reality is this. Our kids don't need another friend. They have enough friends. They're probably bad influences, but they're friends. And so their kids don't need another bad influence or another friend, right? They need a dad. They need somebody who is going to think things through that they can learn from. They're going to need somebody who can make tough decisions that they can learn from. They're going to need somebody who engages in life, in life with responsibility, someone they can count on, somebody who lives what they teach, right? Somebody who does what they say. Because as dads, I feel like here we are, when we become dads, we shelf ourselves to serve others. I used to always say, shelf yourself to be something for somebody else. You put yourself second. There's an I am second thing. It's good, right? We shelf ourselves to serve those that God has called us to lead. The second thing we do as dad after we serve is we discipline. Now, discipline, this is a really hard act. Well, do you give beatings? Do you stand in the corner? We do it all because our kids are all different. You can't raise one kid or five kids all the same. We're learning that again. Again, that's the best way to say it. So here's the reality. Kids appreciate consistent accountability. They appreciate consistent discipline because without clearly defined boundaries, it's hard to raise a kid. It's hard to grow up. It's hard for me to grow up if you keep moving the bar, right? And so then dads who discipline in a common fair manner show love for their kids. I'm showing you love. I hate to discipline, but if I don't, here's where it's going, right? Talk about it before. You do what you got to do. You talk about it after. You pray, and you move them forward. The third thing that we do as dads is teach. We teach. Kids who learn how to duck responsibility and avoid the cost are going to fall flat on their face. Kids who follow a guy who does that are going to fall flat on their face, and they're going to follow in his footsteps. And so responsible dads, good fathers, make sure their children know how to own up, clean up, and grow up. Own up, clean up, and grow up. And so then my action step or your action step in leading, a good father leads. Your action step in leading is be a role model. Be a real role model. Not Steph Curry, not LeBron James. I don't even know where to go. Tom Brady, I'm starting to like just a little bit, but not a lot, okay? B, you're the, you're the greatest role model. Here's the thing. You have two eyes and two ears on you all the time, all the time. They see more from you than anybody else. And that shifts as they get older, but right now your kids are looking to you, and they need a role model. So then be an example. It's First Timothy. Be an example in word, deed, purity, and faith. Be an example to your kids. Because a girl who spends time with a loving dad knows what she needs in a man. She sees the example her dad sets. When he loves her and treats her the way she's supposed to be treated, that's what she expects in return. A good dad teaches boys how to work. He teaches them how to love. And in turn, a good dad ultimately (laughs) teaches his kids what's important in life by demonstrating it. We demonstrate. And so then, how God leads you is this. First, you have to be open for God's leadership in your life or he's not going to. If you only pull him in every now and again, if he sits in the passenger seat, you're like, hey, could you drive now because life sucks? That's not going to happen. You have to invite him in. You have to be open to God's leadership, willing to let him lead in your life. This takes a relationship that's built with love and trust for your heavenly father because he sent his son to save you, right? And so then understanding Jesus came to serve and that you're connected to the father, you've been reconnected to the father. This is how God serves you. It's just two scriptures. We're getting shorter and shorter by the minute, by the way. Proverbs 3, 5 says this. If you want favor with both God and man and a reputation for good judgment and common sense, then trust the Lord completely. Don't ever trust yourself. 
In everything you do, put God first, and he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. In everything you do, put God first. There's a scripture that we've based a lot of what we do in our house on it. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. God, me, together, everything's added to me. If you will seek me first, I will direct you and crown your efforts with success. David in Psalms 32, 8 says, I will instruct you and guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and I will watch your progress. How does he do that? Relationship, his word, consistency, right? His spirit guides you if you allow it. So then a good father leads by serving first. The third thing, everybody say three. three. A good father believes, a good Father believes, period. The Bible tells us that a good tree cannot produce bad fruit and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. I know who my kids are because they came from me. God knows you because you came from him. God knows you because you came from him. So then I know the kind of fruit that my kids should produce because I've loved them to it and led them to it, right? So that I know what I can believe for in them or for them because I've actually led them to produce that fruit. Now, it's their decision. They're not mindless sheep. You know the type of tree by the fruit it, cre it creates. It's, you know, I think this is one of the conversations we have a lot, is you can lead a horse to drink, but, but you can't make him drink. You can lead him to water, but you can't make him drink. And so then it's, man, we want to set our kids up for success and make sure that when they leave, they're making good decisions. And the best way we can do that is by making good decisions, right? By living an honorable life. And so then... Um, yeah. So then how do we lead or how do we show, how do we prove that we believe in our kids? How do we believe in our kids? Remember this, we're going to talk about how God believes in you, which is what we'll actually go into next week. Everybody say, God believes in me. He does. All right. Now let me talk about how good fathers believe in their kids. One, we have to be the biggest and best voice they hear, which means God has to be the biggest and best voice you hear. And so then you got to stop putting him <laughs> behind you and put him in front of you. The first thing we do is believe. Good dads believe the best of the best for the best in the best at the best, always the best. Good dads believe the best for their kids because why? The world's going to kick them in the butt and life's hard. And, and it doesn't get much better the older you get, right? <laughs> and so as dads, our experience and our influence and our faith help our kids overcome. If you follow me on social media, I use hashtags for our kids. So every kid has a hashtag. And then someday I'm not going to be here and they will. And they'll be able to go on Who Cares platform and search their hashtag, and they're going to see all the times that they did something that I was proud of, that I believed in. I'm showing my kids that I believe in them right now outside of this place. And it's not for you. It's for them. I post for them. I get two likes. God bless you, two likers, okay? But I'm speaking to my kids on social media, and I'm speaking to her. If I disappear tomorrow, she could hashtag Heather and one and go see all the times I ever told her that I loved her. Today. Same for my kids. And so then, show your kids that you believe in them. Encourage. The second thing is this, encourage. Good dads stand on the sidelines, they yell their faces off, and they even chew the officials out every now and again. Amen? Amen? And so then, we cannot be the discourager. We want to be the voice that reminds our kids, you got this. You got this. You got this. You got this. And we want that to be so powerful that if we whispered it to them, it would make a long-lasting impact in their life, that they would never forget it, right? And how I do this is at bedtimes. At bedtimes, there are several things we tell our kids. We ask them, hey, who made you? They say, God. I say, how do you make you? He says, awesome. I say, hey, I love you no matter what. 
I love you no matter. What's the greatest thing you're ever going to be? Myself. Myself. Hey, you're a good leader. God loves you. You're a good son. God has big plans for you. Not all of that every night, just whatever comes out. Those are just a couple examples. But bedtime, encourage your kids at bedtime. Hey, today was a good day. I saw you do this. I got a text from your teacher that says this. We got an email. We saw the picture. Encourage, encourage, encourage. Third thing we can do is inspire. Inspire, by the way, means in spirit, which is weird that we're in church talking about being in spirit. But here it is. Great dads want better for their kids than they want for themselves. Great dads want more. I do. I want to see my kids be better. I want to see my kids do more. I want to see them achieve more than I did. That's part of being a good dad. And so we're constantly encouraging them to give their best, to be their best. Sometimes that's too much, and, and we need to check ourselves. That's, that is an oversight or an error in love, so we need to figure where we're doing that at. But we're going to ask tough questions, and we're going to encourage our kids. Here, here's how I encourage our kids. If they were here, you can test them on this. Just a couple things. We had four, and then Cass created a fifth one. I have sign language. If I do this, so if they're out at the meat wagon, I can say, Oscar. Or he can look at me, and I just go, and that means I love you. I love you. This means let's go. So at some point, they're going to play sports, and they're going to be mad, and somebody's going to knock them down, and they're going to feel like quitting, and they can find me in the stands, and I go, and they know. Let's go. Let's go. I can say this which is a good job. Score a touchdown, hit a home run, hit a single, who cares? Okay, hey, good job. This money, so good. You're welcome, okay? Oh, um, let's go. Oh, I'm proud of you. So if I point at you, that means I'm proud of you. And God wants you to know he's proud of you. God wants you to know he's proud of you. But I can find any of my kids, the big three, the, the two small ones, they're, they're still yet. But if I just point, they know. I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And then Cass created this one. Think about it. Okay? Because Cass likes to react emotionally. And if he gets knocked down or he gets pushed or he gets mad, he responds like an idiot. Okay? Like a man. And so then I can see Cass from a distance and any of our kids, and I say, hey. And they know. Think about it. This is how I inspire our kids in sign language. The fourth thing we can do is motivate, motivate. Now, motivation is, is empty without action, okay? Sounds good, but it doesn't go very far. And so then help your kids discover their passion. Help them discover their passion. Let them try until they figure it out. That means we have to be patient. Oh, that didn't work out. You're terrible. You're never going to play sports again because you didn't do good at soccer. No, let them keep going. We just let Oscar try baseball for the first time this week. Let them try and try and try because God's placed a gift in them just like he's placed a gift in you. And so then encourage your kids to try and try and try until they find it. The second thing, set goals. God has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for your kids. As much as they're your kids, they're his kids too, right? And so God has a purpose for your kids. Help them make a list of short-term goals and make sure they can accomplish them. They're going to have to use a little bit of effort, right? Make sure it takes effort, but make sure they can accomplish them so they can feel what success feels like because the world's going to kick them enough. Everybody said amen. Make a plan. God has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. Help your kids make the plan. If you, if you uh, fail to plan, you are, or if you, what is it? Fail to plan, you're planning to fail. If you fail to plan, you are planning to fail. And so then make the plan. Habakkuk says, write the vision and make it plain. Get out on paper, help them reach their goals, and then get them excited. Get them excited about it. By the way, at any time, if you want these notes, 
I'll give them to you. Just ask me, okay? Get them excited about it. Excite your children about where they're going, okay? And your action step, your action step to believing in your kids is be a fan. Be a fan. Be a raving fan. Chick-fil-A calls them raving fans. The culture of Chick-fil-A is, is amazing. You know the person who says, my pleasure. She really doesn't mean that, but she says it anyways. Be a raving fan, okay? Validate them. There's two sub points to this. Validate them, okay? There's something powerful in the words and the affirmation of a father. God has hundreds of promises for you that he says about you. You just need to open and read for yourself and see how God's validated you, okay? There's something powerful when a dad validates because it gives me as a kid and as a son of God, it gives me confidence to go. It gives me confidence to go. Two, celebrate. When your kid does something good, celebrate them. Let them know you're proud and even reward. If there needs to be a reward, reward. But let them know you see them. Here's how God believes in you. This rocked my life. This was actually, um, this scripture is what made me believe I could leave a 20,000 person church and go do it because I had God's, because I had God's spirit in me, because I had God's approval. And that's all that mattered. John 14, 12 says this. John 14, 12 says, he believes that you'll be better. It says, he believes you'll be better. I assure you, and most solemnly say to you, anyone who believes in me as Savior will also do the things that I have done. Say it again. But he'll do greater. He'll do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. So, so God, the Son of Man, Jesus, leaves and says, hey, I gotta go. I gotta go to my dad's house. I've done some amazing things. You've read about them. If you don't know the stories, you will. But because I have, you'll do greater. Okay, I trust that. I can walk. I can walk. John 15, 5 through 7 is the other point of this. He says he believes you'll produce. Not that you should be greater. So if you say, oh, that's great, but he believes you'll produce. John 15, 5 and 7 says, I'm the vine and you're the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him shall produce a large crop of fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone separates from me, he gets thrown in a, in a pile of brush and that gets burned in the bonfire that we're going to have later at, at uh, Dennis's house, okay? And so, but verse seven says this, if you stay connected and follow me, if you stay connected and follow me and ask anything you like, I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to do it for you because my real disciples produce bountiful harvest and that brings my father glory. That brings God glory. A good father believes in his kids. Here's the fourth point. Are you ready? We're finishing up. Well, this was hard for me to believe with that issues, okay? A good father is pleased. A good father is pleased. Man, this is hard. This is so hard because growing up, and I'm just gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be real with you, okay? Growing up, I knew when my dad was pissed at me. I just knew. I knew all the time, and that seemed to be most of the time, if I'm being honest. I knew. I knew when he was mad. I never knew. I never heard one time in my life that I'm proud of you. I never knew that my dad was proud of me, which means the other, who knows, part of the time, I never knew if he liked me. Was he pleased with who I am? Is he pleased with who I am? A good father is pleased. The reality in this is you see the scripture. Um, this is when Jesus is getting baptized by John the Baptist. And he says, no, uh, John the Baptist says, no, I can't, I can't do this. And Jesus says, well, you're the guy and I'm here. And Jesus really does this not because he needs it, but he's going to be an example to us. It proves that anybody can baptize. It doesn't take 
somebody special to do the dunking. Anybody can do that. It's the action that proves it. And so then Matthew 3, 17, they go out of the water and Jesus gets baptized and John pulls him up out of the water. And you have to make all of this personal to you, just like John 3, 16, you are in the world and he sees you as a son or a daughter. And so then Jesus comes out of the water and the clouds part and a dove comes down. And this is the action of the Holy Spirit. And a voice from the heaven says, this is my son who I love and with whom I am well pleased. Pleased. And I had to take a step back when I saw this and thought, wow, because some versions say proud. And proud has to do with doing. And so many times we feel like we have to work for approval from our dad. And so many times we feel like we have to work for approval from God. But when you find the root of that word, it means pleased. And in, in the good versions, it says pleased. I am pleased. And so he says to you today, Elizabeth, this is my daughter, Elizabeth, who I love and with whom I am well pleased. This is my son, Alex, who I love and with whom I am well pleased. This is my daughter, Ashley, who I love and with whom I am well pleased. This is my son, Tim, who I love and with whom I'm well pleased. This is how he sees you. You have to put your name in the box. It's not your decision, it's his. Well, I don't wanna put my name in the box, it's too bad. He put it there, you have to accept it. And so then, it's not about what you do for him, it's who you are to him. You're a son or a daughter today. God accepted you before you were born. Called you by name, number the hairs on your head. Knows you more than you know yourself knows you better than you know you. Here's where you see this, 11, uh, Hebrews 11:6. 6, regardless of how you feel today, and we sang the song, Father's House to Start, but Hebrews 11:6 6 says, God is not ashamed of you, and he's not ashamed to be called your dad. It's in there, you look it up. Psalm 68, 5, you say, well, that's great, Dusty. Psalm 68, 5 says, God is a father to the fatherless and a defender of widows. He's got you. He's a father to the fatherless. That scripture changed my life. God's your father. He knows you. He loves you. He leads you. He is proud of you. He's pleased with who you are and he believes in you. And so the reality is this. When we lead, love, and believe in our kids, the way that God loves, leads, and believes in us, we see them differently. We see them as gifts. And that's how God sees you. Your gift today. Your gift today. So your action step in getting out of here. Super simple. It's everything we talked about all together. Realize how God sees you. Guys, I pray this every day. I've been in ministry for more than half of my life. God, help me to see myself that you see me today. Please. Please. Because the way I see myself sometimes sucks. So God, help me to see myself how you see me. Realize how God sees you. Know that he loves you. You have to know that. Not based on what you do, but who you are, your son or daughter. Allow him to lead you. That means open your hands and believe that he has better for you than you have for yourself. His way is better. I promise you it is. Okay, it is. Believe that he believes in you. Next week, we'll start a series telling greater, by the way, talk about a greater you next week. And trust that he's pleased with you. Trust it. This is my son. This is my daughter who I love and am well pleased because a good father's love is self-sacrificing, 
without reservation, unconditional, and always there. Thank you so much for joining us today. It means more than you know to have you with us. And to all of you who partner with us and support the mission of our church, thank you. We cannot be the church without you. Go ahead and click the link in the description to partner with us now, or you can visit thegrovefc.com forward slash partner. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe. And if you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, share it with them. This is how the gospel goes forward. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.